0: Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast How They Love Mary. I hope that this podcast will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today I'm speaking with Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. She is a known worldwide for her heartfelt encouraging words and down to earth guidance. Meeting St. Teresa of Calcutta deeply impacted her soul and transformed her life. She weaves the wisdom from her 10 year friendship with the saint of the gutters into her work. Donna Marie is the EWTN television host of three television series, which she created. She's a world-renowned speaker, award-winning journalist, and best-selling and award-winning author of more than 30 books. She leads pilgrimages and gives retreats worldwide. So welcome to the show, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, as you talk about your latest book, Family Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, 33 Days of Preparation with St. Louis-Marie de Montfort. Thank you so much, Father
1: Looney. It's great to be here with you.
0: And there's something very striking about your book, Family Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, 33 Days of Preparation with St. Louis-Marie de Montfort. And really what's unique about it is, of course, lots of people have made their own individual Marian consecration. I made my Marian consecration back, I think, in 2008. I did it on the Feast of the Assumption of Mary. Meaning that you would begin on July 13th uh, your preparation, these days of preparation, preparing ourselves to consecrate ourselves to Jesus through Mary. So lots of people do it individually, and they do it especially through the way of St. Louis de Montfort. Also, they do it through St. Maximilian Colby, who offers a nine day uh, method of Marian consecration. Matt Frad recently came out with a book of Marian consecration. Uh, Uh, according to the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas, but also we know of Father Michael Gately and his 33 Days to Morning Glory, and all of these are ways that people do it individually. And I'm sure that parents, moms, and dads have individually consecrated themselves to the Blessed Mother, but now you're proposing with this book, Family Consecration to Jesus through Mary. And what benefit do you think there would be to consecrating one's family together, children and parents, to the Blessed Mother?
1: Wow. Well, that that is a powerful question because there's so much I could say to that. Um, first of all, you know, the family being the vital cell of society, you know, how we are supposed to be a domestic church and mirror, you know, the great big church and how we really uh, work out our salvation within the details of home life, you know? And so if the parents get consecrated, which is wonderful, you know, go through their Marian consecration or the grandparents, and that will really help them on that journey in raising the kids and being, that, being the first and foremost educator of the faith. But, um, you know, I just really felt inspired uh, lately in the past year or so uh, how much, you know, how important it would be to help the children to become consecrated, especially the years of seven and up, because the seven year is, you know, considered an age of reason. So, you know, the children would understand what they're doing. Uh, and so, you know, I was writing this, I felt so inspired to, to do something that would protect the children. Now, people, you know, who know me through my books or shows or, you know, travels know that I'm all about the family. So a lot of the books, you mentioned over 30 books, a lot of them have to do with the family, you know, trying to give them the tools to to um, be able to, you know, teach the faith. And, you know, some of the books are just faith lessons you could teach right at the so you're always teaching, you know, the children. So I'm all about the family. I know we need to, you know, the family, It's there's no doubt about it, is being attacked and has been um, from society and from a, especially from the evil one who causes lots of trouble and wants to to uh, destroy the family. I hate to say it so bluntly, but, you know, we know that's true. You know, St. Lucie, Sister Lucia, she's not a saint yet, had said the last battle, you know, is uh, about the family with regard to the family. And so we could go into that, you know, if there's time. But, you know, we need to protect the family. We need to protect the children. We look out the door. We turn on the news. And it seems to be getting more and more challenging, you know, these days, a lot different than when... I grew up, and when you grew up, Father, so I know you're younger than me, so I'm just saying, you know, you you still, when you were younger, I'm sure things were different, and now it's more and more challenging to raise kids these days. So much bombards them, and so, you know, from the culture and from their friends and, and all these temptations to, you know not embrace the faith why bother following all these rules you know when you could have fun things things like that they're always coming against this you know the spiritual battle and so as a parent or a grandparent we want to protect them so i i set out to write this book and i wanted to be totally authentic to saint louis de montfort and we could talk about that at some point you know how he came into my life or how i Learned about him, but I knew that I wanted to stick with him, and you know, he developed this uh, preparation, this 33-day preparation. And along the way, Father Looney, along the way in writing this book, you know, I'm very fond of Saint Faustina. and I've written for the Marian Fathers, and um, you know, about Saint Faustina, and I've preached up there at the shrine, and so I love her so much. And along the way, her one of the passages in her diary just really jumped out at me. And she was talking about children appearing to her from the ages of 4 to 11 years old, and that the children said to her, you need to protect us. And then Jesus appeared, and he was very distressed, and he told her, you need to protect my children. So she earnestly prayed. She prayed and prayed for children, but then she said, but prayer alone is not enough. So when I was writing this book, praying and having the relic of Saint. Louis de Montfort with me, a first-class relic of a Benedictine monk, friend of mine, loaned me for the writing of this book and praying to St. Louis de Montfort and praying to our Lord and our Lady, of course, for inspiration and to do this book right. You know, then here comes this this beautiful passage, and it really was like a shot in the arm to me, you know, when I was writing this. Yes, wow, these, you know, Jesus wants us to protect his children, and yes, with prayer, And Our Lady of Fatima, you know, she tells us to offer penances and to pray the rosary and, you know, all these things to protect, to protect, to protect. But yet also, a consecration, you know, to Jesus through Mary is so powerful. So (laughs) that's a long answer to your question, Father. (laughs) I'm sorry. But uh, it's part of the process, and I wanted to share that part of the journey, how that all came about.
0: You mentioned the children and St. Faustina having this vision of children and being told to pray for children, and just earlier I mentioned a little bit about us making our individual consecrations, and now you're proposing this family consecration, and a few episodes ago, Lindsay Schlegel was on the show, How They Love Mary, and she spoke about how her kids consecrated themselves to the Blessed Mother through Carrie Gress's book from Tan Books on Marian consecration for children. They would go through that little book every day before they'd go to school And so here we have it, that parents have made their own personal Marian consecration. Children are now making their own Marian consecration. So it would seem that the next step then would be what you've done, is to say, well, let's renew our consecrations together now as a family, to sit down, to pray together, to read together, to learn together, and to do this consecration. That's what you've done in this book available from Sophia Institute Press. And you do it according to St. Louis de Montfort, And, of course, St. Louis de Montfort played such a powerful role in the life of St. John Paul II, there have been many other saints that he was really influential in, that his preaching, his writing impacted. And I guess I'm just wondering, how is it that you came to know of St. Louis de Montfort?
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you for that question. And, yes, just to touch on what you just said, uh, the family, you know, so to do this Th- th- this book, you know, so the family can do it together, and and I think that would be a powerful way to uh, uh, to come to Jesus through Mary. So hopefully, and prayerfully, families can do this. Um, Saint Louis de Montfort, uh, I always I always used to call him Saint Louis de Montfort, but I guess maybe I should say Saint Louis de Montfort, and I like the way you say it with a little accent, <laughs> a little. French accent, but he, I don't know exactly how, the exact date, what year it was, but many, many years ago when I was a lot younger, I came across, you know, true devotion to Mary, and oh my gosh, I fell in love with it and and really uh, got to know him more through his writings. So I was so taken in by his writings, so I went ahead and, you know, went through the consecration preparation and learned so much. That's one of the ways... um, that I learned about Thomas Kempis because he uh, quotes him quite a bit through the preparation. So he came into my life through the grace of God, really, providentially, and I'm so thankful the way God unfolds our lives and puts these saints into our lives, and so they can direct us and guide us and lead us. And then hopefully, you know, we can be instrumental in leading others to heaven as well. So I don't know exactly when it was that he came into my life, but... Uh, he really made an impact. And, of course, I love uh, St. John Paul II um, as a Polish woman, <laughs> and uh, and I know how much he had such a beautiful devotion to the Blessed Mother and at one point questioned his own Marian devotion and then realized through St. Louis Montfort that, no, it's it's not something we should fear or water down or, you know, get away from. This is something we should embrace because Mary always leads us to Jesus. So... You know, so many wonderful saints really um, help to pave the way for us to to get to heaven. And along the way, you know, we meet them and we can try to learn from them that um, getting closer to Mary will only help us to get closer to Jesus.
0: I recently spoke with Anthony Stefano on another episode of How They Love Mary about his new book from Sophie Institute Press called Our Lady's Wardrobe. And in our conversation together, he talked about the impact that Marian consecration had on his life and that once he consecrated himself to Mary and once he did all of the Marian devotion, praying the rosary, he began to really experience a lot of different inspiration, that after he would pray the rosary, he would be inspired for his next book, and just really seeing how that Marian devotion impacted him, and assuming then that as you've written a book on family consecration, as you've learned about St. Louis de Montfort, well then, what impact has Marian consecration made in your own life as you've gone through this process?
1: That's a great question as well, and I love uh, Anthony's book, by the way, Our Lady's Wardrobe, very beautiful. And, um, yeah, so it's hard to, you know, to, to put into words exactly um, how, you know, the consecration affects your life because I think it's in subtle ways and, and it's also in great, you know, ways because things start unfolding, whether they be challenges because of the spiritual battle, um, as you work more and more for the Lord and Our Lady is working through you to, um, you know, to to write the books and to do the things in the ministry. Um, But yes, same with me, with regard to the inspirations and Our Lady, um, I really feel, you know, helping me in the writings. Suddenly I started, uh, you know, how it all unfolded and I was asked to write about Our Lady of Fatima and so by one publisher and then, I ended up writing three books that have to do with Our Lady of Fatima. One is for children with Sophia Institute Press, a beautifully illustrated book, if I may say, because I worked with a, a great illustrator. And so uh, Our Lady's Message, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, and the research required to do that um, work. And, and I think Father Andrew Apostoli, my dear, dear friend, uh, now of happy memory, and uh, he, he was my director, spiritual director, and he guided me. Um and he was you know madly in love with our dear mother in heaven and so and Mother Teresa, how she came into my life, and how she led me and her devotion to our lady. so our Lord, you know, I think providentially he um puts things in our life, people in our life opportunities in our life, and he wants us to reach you know to him to answer the call, and we make our consecration, we come closer to Jesus through Mary and As St. Louis de Montfort said, you know, then we should do everything through Mary, with Mary, in Mary, and for Mary. So in order to do it more perfectly through Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus, and for Jesus. He said those four things, um, those interior practices that souls that are called by the Holy Spirit to a high degree of perfection, which we all really are, we're all called to holiness, as Mother Teresa said, it's not a luxury of a few, so we we make a consecration, and hopefully and prayerfully we want to do these things that God calls us to do through Mary, with Mary, in Mary, and for Mary. Those are St. Louis de Montfort's words, not mine. And so this is what happens. We pray, and we keep praying the rosary, and we keep turning to Our Lady, and she keeps bringing us to Jesus. And, and God gives us, through the Holy Spirit, the inspiration um, to c- continue to write and to continue to preach on on what he asks
0: of us. The idea of Marian consecration was proposed to us by St. Louis de Montfort. It did exist uh, many years before him, but he was really a great popularizer of it. I think that a lot of people in the our contemporary age, they really found St. Louis de Montfort's uh, true devotion to Mary at times troublesome, and so people would read it, and maybe they'd set it down, and then they'd pick it up again. But maybe it was too much for them initially, and they needed a little entryway, a little uh, introduction. And so I think the introduction to Marian consecration that so many people have appreciated, and people talk about it all the time on their show in the second segment with all the different questions about Mary in your own life, is that through Father Michael Gately's book, Uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory, and what Father Gately does then is he dedicates four weeks to different saints and their Marian devotion and kind of what they say about consecration. So the four saints he uses are St. Louis de Montfort, St. Maximilian Kolbe, Mother Teresa or St. Teresa of Calcutta, and then uh, St. John Paul II. And I know, as we heard in the introduction uh, for your bio, that you were profoundly touched in your own life by Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta. And I'm just wondering what impact has Mother Teresa, and maybe specifically as you knew her, what impact did her Marian devotion have in your own life?
1: Wow. Well, yes, she was so, um, so very devoted to Our Lady. And, you know, at the beginning, before she stepped over the. Uh, threshold to the poorest of the poor in the slums of Calcutta. You know, Mary would, uh, you know, she would, Mother Teresa would receive locutions from Mary and and so many messages and visions of Jesus and Mary until she stepped over that threshold and she had to just walk in faith to, to do the work. Um, but she relied on Mary. She was always praying the rosary. She was always praying to Mary. And um, so much of what she said was that we need to get close to Mary she, she said Our Lady teaches um, us so much that she taught Jesus everything. She taught Him how to walk, and she said, you know, how to do all the little things uh, that a mother teaches a child and that we shouldn't fear going to Mary, that her uh, cheerfulness and joy are, are Mary's strength. And, and Mother Teresa even... Um, it was really amazing in 1982 in the middle of the war in Lebanon um she called on mother mary and she asked mother mary to provide a ceasefire so that she could rescue abandoned orphans so it was really incredible and and, and it really happened the blessed virgin mary provided for mother teresa on the eve of her feast day of the assumption so mother teresa knew without a doubt that she could always call on the Blessed Mother. She was communing with her constantly, talking with her, praying to her, asking for her help to run her religious organization, her religious order, and to do the ministry that she did and taking care of the poorest of the poor. You know, she would just see Jesus in every single one that she served, whether it was the person she picked up out of the gutter pulling maggots out of them, or me, you know, a suburban housewife she met, you know, at one of her convents. So... Mother Teresa taught me so much, of, um, you know, about serving others and about what Jesus calls us to do, whatever you do to the least of my brothers you do to me, and how Mary leads us to her son Jesus. And I didn't realize at the time, after Mother Teresa died, when, that I was picking up this tradition that she would do, giving out miraculous medals to everyone she met. And I wear right now, I'm wearing the one that she gave me during a precarious pregnancy with my daughter, my youngest child, who now is approaching... She's almost, you know, getting... She's getting close to 30 years old next year. And so during that pregnancy, the doctor didn't think she would make it. Mother Teresa gave me this miraculous medal, and she said, just say this simple prayer, Mary, Mother of Jesus, be a mother to me now. And, you know, Mother Teresa taught me how much to depend on Mary. And she, and she said, Mary... Has helped others, you will also help you. Now, I didn't know if that baby was going to survive because I had lost three others before that pregnancy through miscarriage. And so, you know, I had no idea. I had to just lay flat on complete bed rest. And the really interesting thing that happened during that pregnancy, besides trying to keep my baby alive, um, was that. That's when all my books were born. (laughs) I started writing during that pregnancy. That's another story, but that's pretty amazing how that happened with Mother Teresa's prayers, with the miraculous medal she gave me, and praying for the, um, you know, that my baby would survive and that I would too, because I had a whole pool of blood in my uterus and I had a heart condition that just suddenly came on. But I started picking up that tradition of Mother Teresa's without even realizing after Mother Teresa died and I've given out tens of thousands of blessed, miraculous medals all around the world to people I come upon in my travels, or people ask me, they write to me, and they say, please, could you send me some blessed medals? And so I touch it to the one Mother Teresa gave me, and I have her relics in this little um, pendant that I wear that I keep the medal in because the medal got so worn, the top part broke off but it, the miraculous medal is a sacramental of our church it's nothing superstitious it's a beautiful sacramental um and mother teresa happened to be very devoted saint um maximilian colby you know he used to call it what the silver bullet or something like that and and uh, it's very powerful so I learned that from Mother Teresa without realizing it, you know, and I started going about doing that, and I've witnessed many transformations, miraculous transformations for people, uh, in people, you know, when when we have that encounter. So I believe it's the Blessed Mother working through her sacramental, and it's a very powerful thing.
0: Yeah, and there's, you know, another Marian custom of... Uh, Mother Teresa, and that was to pray the flying novena of nine memorials, yes. and then to pray another one in Thanksgiving, uh, so yes. to, to pray that little novena. But how touching it is to hear that you continue really what Mother Teresa started by giving away these miraculous medals, and they are really, um, you know, it took on the name Miraculous because those who were devoted yeah. to it, those who wore it, experienced miracles in their life. It was originally yeah. called the Medal of the Immaculate Conception. And, uh, but yeah. now, and commonly referred to as the miraculous medal, and it truly has and still continues uh, to be miraculous in the lives of devotees today. Yes. As we're talking about your book, Family Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, 33 Days of Preparation with St. Louis de Montfort, uh, you have written this with Sophia Institute Press, and I guess, maybe could you just... Uh, detail what an ordinary day would look like. So a family is going to come together, maybe it's six o'clock, they've just eaten dinner, and now they want to do their daily devotion as their preparation to maybe make their family consecration, to renew their Marian consecration. What would that look like according to the book that
1: you've authored? Okay, well, Thank you for that question. Well, first I'll just mention that the book is broken up into different parts so that the beginning would be the part one, emptying yourself of the spirit of the world. That's like this is what St. Louis de Montfort wants you to do during that preparation. Then the next part is obtaining knowledge of yourself, and the next part obtaining knowledge of the Blessed Virgin, and then obtaining knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then you have the consecration. So within each of those parts of the book, there's, all of these different chapters, very short chapters, which is a day. You know, like the first day is day one. Be countercultural. And you don't necessarily start it at the dinner table, but that's a perfect place to start. But the reason I say that is because each day is set up so you can start it in the morning at the breakfast table. You can just start your day. Either the parents or the grandparents um, can do it themselves and just say the, the morning prayer. You know, I like to tell people they should really try to start their day with a morning offering because it's one of the most powerful prayers to start your day off, you know, to, to give it all to our Lord right before you even start that day. But the, each day would have a, a morning prayer uh, so the, the family could say it together if they'd like. So they say their morning offering. Then there's a a, a prayer there for them to say that has something to do with that day, what they're going to be going over. Then there's a teaching for the parents. It's just a very short teaching, and it goes right into St. Louis de Montfort. The parents would read that in advance or whenever they want, um, and that's for them. But then it goes into the teaching for children. Now, you could carry this out at the dinner table or, at the, you know, whenever you want. But the dinner table is a great place. And then you can go through that teaching with the children, and it's not quoting St. Louis de Montfort, but it's taking, you know, right from his teachings, but it's putting it in a way that just the children will understand. And I also offer a little paragraph or so of of something called carry out. So I give them a way to carry out the teaching, you know, throughout that day or that week, whatever they want, you know, just some ideas of how they can, you know, sort of carry that out. And then there's a family prayer because St. Louis de Montfort um, prescribed certain prayers to say every day during that first 12-day period and then the next period and the next period. So there's certain prayers that he wants us to pray. So I... I stuck with that. You know, I didn't change it up. I wanted it to be the way he, pred- you know, prescribed. Uh, and then there's an evening. There's a little section for evening. So this is just in case, you know, the parents want to carry it a little further. Instead of just 10 minutes at the dinner table or breakfast table, they also can look and see, oh, okay, this is how we can sort of carry this theme out, and here's um, something in the evening. It's just a reminder to the parents, you know, to, you know, tuck everyone in with lots of love and and. and holy stories and things like that try to cut down on negativity and things, you know, to instill a, whole, a healthy dose of peace and happiness in their family's hearts and, and get in the habit of blessing the family with holy water at night and ending with, you know, inspiring words and, and lots of warm hugs and kisses because everybody needs to know that they're loved and just end the night on a, on a nice note and there's a prayer to Mother Mary at the very end of every day that the parents could do themselves or they could pray with the family. So every day it just guides you through, and it does not need to require any stress at all. You don't need to feel like, oh, my gosh, this is just too much. It's just, you know, you do whatever works for your family, and if you miss a day, our Lord knows how busy families are. Just pick up where you left off, you know, try to add that the next time. So I've tried to, you know, guide the family, the whole family, through each day of this preparation, and at the end of each part of it, there's an activity that they can do if they'd like. It's like a celebration of what what they've been through together, and at the very end, I encourage them to do a a Mary crowning, not a May crowning, but a crowning of Mother Mary on some image in your home, in your domestic church, like a statue or a picture, whatever it is, to, you know, so just would be fitting, you know, on the day of the consecration, if possible, or sometime near there.
0: Yeah, I would imagine that if families can't do the daily activities, um, that they could do so maybe at a later time, that as they maybe revisit the Marian consecration, or maybe they're just reminded of it and at another time after the fact. they They put that into practice, and they begin to do that activity and bring it to completion
1: absolutely and it's not necessarily activities every day it's just like at the end of each period there's one activity there's only like four activities in the whole preparation but the others are just things to ponder things to you know help the kids with that kind of thing Yeah, you know, and, and also i'm sorry Father, I was going to say also just a, a, a big encouragement for the family to um Think about works of mercy, you know, how they could be merciful to neighbors and people who are having a hard time and things like that. So that, you know, to train the children as you go through how our Lord would want us to be merciful and how our Lady would want us to be merciful.
0: Well, the servant of God, Father Patrick Payton, was known for saying the family that prays together stays together. And so I hope that your book, Family Consecration to Jesus Through Mary, these 33 days of preparation for family Mary and consecration will help people to pray together as families and that Mary's prayers will unite them uh, together. And so thank you so much for thank writing so much this for book and, and really bringing it uh, to the forefront for Catholic devotion and family life today. Thank you so much, Father. Luther. I pray that it brings families all over. Yeah, and so one thing that I like to do with every guest that— Uh, is on the show, is just to go through what I call their Marian profile. They're kind of rapid-fire questions that uh, they don't (laughs) involve detailed uh, explanations, but really it just shows how Marian devotion is unique to each of the guests and begins to allow people to be introduced to new devotions, but then also maybe to say, well, what does Marian devotion look like in my own life, too? There are many titles for Mary. She's a woman of many names. Do you have a favorite title of the Blessed Mother? Oh, I have so many, but I
1: like Star of the Sea because she leads us.
0: (laughs) And then uh, you already mentioned the Miraculous Medal. I'm assuming this might be the answer to this question, but your favorite, Marian Sacramental.
1: Oh, yes, the Miraculous Medal and, and the scapular, too, brown scapular.
0: There are lots of different prayers to the Blessed Mother. Uh, some are as popular as the Hail Mary, which the first half comes from the scriptures itself, and others are written by some saints, and so, f- so on. Is there a favorite Marian prayer of yours? The Rosary, top of the list, and the memorari, of course, too. And then when you talk about the Rosary, People often find the rosary to be repetitive. Maybe they're like, I don't know if I'm really engaging this. They, And so sometimes they give up on the rosary. Is there any tip that
1: you could give to help people pray the rosary better? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, do it with love, and also don't worry about breaking it up into decades. So in case you can't get a whole rosary in, so you don't have to feel intimidated. After a while, honestly, it you know it becomes as natural as breathing it's just it's it's not a chore when we love our lady and we love our lord so it might feel hard if you have a lot of kids and and you're so busy And you think how can i even think of it (laughs) but but you can you know and just pray even just a decade and offer that up and, and our lord and our lady will be pleased
0: mary is found in the pages of sacred scripture saint luke introduces us to her and to her story are there any favorite Bible passages that you have? Any favorite Marian Bible quote?
1: Yes, well, I love when our Lord, hanging from the cross, you know, just about to take his last breath, almost says, Here is your mother, you know, and here is your son. And so it, our Lord gifts us with his mother from the cross, and, he, you know, she's our mother. So it's a very beautiful, um, beautiful to me that, that our Lord gifts us with his own mother.
0: One way that I always explain Marian consecration, kind of going off of that Bible answer of yours, is that I say to people that Marian consecration is our acceptance of Mary as our mother. That when we consecrate ourselves to the Blessed Mother and ask her intercession, that really that's us living out that Joanine passage of woman, behold your son, son, behold your mother. So through Marian consecration, we begin to behold Mary truly as our mother.
1: Yes, that's beautiful.
0: Now, there are many different apparitions of Our Lady. You mentioned one already on the show uh, about Our Lady of Fatima, the books that you've written about Fatima. But is there a favorite Marian apparition of yours?
1: Well, I would have to say, I'm sorry, I'm going to say, too, Our Lady of Fatima, definitely. And I was just in Lourdes not too long ago. I led a pilgrimage there as well, and so that was very touching. Um, I'm sorry to say I can't choose between them they're all beautiful but I those two are very special to me
0: yes you know I oh,
1: have, I'd have to say how can I leave out St. Catherine Laboree well it's not a, you know St. Catherine Labore and and the miraculous medal that's so important to me too because when I was there for the first time not too long ago the only time I ever went Oh, my gosh, there's a picture of me with my spiritual director there of the trip, and I look like uh, a ghost <laughs> because I was so touched by finally being at the spot where the Blessed Mother appeared to St. Catherine Laboure to give her the directions to make the miraculous medal, so I love that one as well.
0: Well, it's okay to have many favorites. I always <laughs> roll off a list of five, I think. So oh, Okay, good. <laughs> There are lots of different shrines to Mary. Of course, the apparition sites are shrines themselves, but there are shrines to devotional titles of Mary. To you know, like in Perryville, Missouri, there's Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal, or you know, in in St. Louis area, in Belleville, there is Our Lady of the Snows, or Holy Hill in Wisconsin. Is there a, a Marian shrine that you've visited that has touched you?
1: Mm. Uh, Well, gosh. You know, I, everyone I've been to. <laughs> how could I? How could I differentiate? Sure. um And like I said, like I said at Rudebach, where Our Lady appeared to Saint uh, Catherine Labore, uh, that uh, that really profoundly touched me. I was in tears, and I gave the one of the, the uh, reading at the mass um, because it was such a special place for me. And, and there was a picture of me after with the priest, and, and I looked at it and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it looked like I'm. I've seen a ghost or something mm-hmm. because I don't look my normal self, and I think it was because I was just so profoundly touched by all the graces there, um, you know, kneeling there by the chair where Our Lady sat and with St. Catherine. And so, yes, these holy places, really, we're so blessed that our Lord sends His Mother down from Heaven to wake us up, to shake us up, to bring us grace.
0: There are lots of different books to the Blessed Mother or about the Blessed Mother. You've written some, I've written some, other people we know have written books about Mary. And is there any book about the Blessed Mother that you'd like to recommend?
1: Ah, oh, well, that would be hard, really hard for me to answer, I think, because I wasn't ready for that. And I i can't think, cause there's so many. But I, I might just say um, I, I love... Um, St. John Paul II's writings on Our Lady. He's, he's written so many beautiful writings on her. So, I mean, he he was so close to her. I, I love what he's written. But I don't have a particular book that I can just... As soon as we get off this interview, I'll say, Oh, I should have said such and such. But yes. I can't think right now.
0: <laughs> That's how it usually goes for me when I do these interviews, too. So, And then lastly, when you go to uh, a Marian Mass for you know, the Assumption, or Mary, Mother of God, or the Immaculate Conception, is there a Marian song that you always hope that the choir will sing?
1: Oh, that's a a real nice question. Um, Immaculate Mary, I love that, that song.
0: Sure, and of course, having just been in Lourdes uh, recently, uh, that... Mantra, the Ave 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 Maria, uh, which really comes from the tim and adapted in the version of Immaculate Mary.
1: I was, yeah, I just, I just, tears were just streaming down my cheeks listening to that. Oh my gosh, it's so powerful.
0: Well, Donna, thank you so much for being with uh, me today on How They Love Mary to talk about family consecration to Jesus through Mary, 33 days of preparation with St. Louis Marie de Montfort, available from Sophia Institute Press. If people want to learn more about your writings and your activities and so on, where can they find you on the
1: Internet? Thanks for asking, and thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been wonderful chatting about our, our dear mother. Um, well, they can come to my website, com If they put in Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, I know I have a long name. That will get there too. But, uh, yeah, just come to my website. There's so much there, um, blog posts and all kinds of things that I hope they'll come to visit. And they can, if they'd like, subscribe to my newsletter to receive you know, news and inspiration from the ministry.
0: I also know that you're on Instagram, I think. I see some of your posts every now and again, and then you're also on Twitter as well, so they can follow you on those social media platforms and search for you there, Definitely. too.
1: Definitely. Thanks for mentioning that, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I like to uh, uh, post you know, daily, if possible, on Instagram. That's the best place to follow me because I try to you know, put stuff out there all the time.
0: Well, that's great. And I've been trying to get a little bit better about uh, social media, uh, things like that as well. So it's all uh, a new work for, for many of us. Well, thanks so much I for like
1: your I like your posts, Father, though. I like your posts. I've been seeing those. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. So some
0: of them, you know, some of them are about priestly life, and then others are just about life in general and just kind of giving people a, a flavor of, of life and, and hobbies and things like that, especially through Instagram. Well, great. Yeah. Well, th- Thanks so much, Donna Marie, for joining me today. And you have been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. I hope it has either been the beginning or deepening of your marrying devotion. You can follow me, Father Edward Looney, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the handle at FR Edward Looney. If you like this podcast, please leave a review and like it on whatever platform you're listening so that others might find it as well. Until next week, let's remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.